Good morning. Well, I promised one of your 8 o'clock parishioners, George Coleman, that I would open with a bit of British wisdom, albeit from Monty Python's final film, The Meaning of Life. And I'm going to do it in a bad French accent, so forgive me now. Why are we here? What is life all about? Is God really real? Or is there some doubt? Well, tonight we're going to sort it all out. For tonight it's the meaning of life. In the movie, and, I, and as I told the, 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 the second service, I'm not going to go further with that song because it gets a little heretical, so we're going to skip that part and move on. In this movie, the Pythons attempted to show humankind in all of its phases, from inception to death by salmon pate. They did what they usually did. They poked fun at politicians, at the church, and every manner of hypocrisy that they saw in their society at the time. They did, however, make a great point at the end of the movie, where without fanfare, Eric Palin opened an envelope and revealed the meaning of life is, and I quote in my worst British accent, Well, it's nothing really special. Try to be nice to people, avoid eating fat, read a good book every now and then, get some walking in, and try to live together in peace and harmony with people of all creeds and nations. Pretty good, huh? And I think that is the message today in our scripture. Our colic tells us, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold Him in all His redeeming work. Now how does that redeeming work take place? Through all of us here. Now last week we heard the story of the risen Jesus through the eyes of John and Doubting Thomas. And this Sunday, Sunday we get to hear Luke's version of the same events. He first appeared to the women and then the disciples on the road to Emmaus where he revealed, opened the scriptures to them. In our gospel today, we revisit those same disciples in that famous room upstairs with locked doors. Fear and doubt are still the themes here. The dead Jesus Christ, rumored to have risen from the dead by the women, or rumored by the women that he had risen from the dead, was now in their very midst. And they are understandably frightened, and they prove, to me at least, that they never really understood his attempts to prepare them before he was killed upon the cross. Because here he is, their friend and their teacher. He's not some specter, but he's flesh and he's blood with wounds that speak to his experience of death and resurrection. He eats and he drinks. He breathes and he leaves peace with his followers. And if you had any worries about what opening the Scriptures means, he does it again here. He opens the Scriptures to the eleven remaining disciples, telling them and us that all that was written through the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms 
is fulfilled in Him. He is the Messiah. And He suffered. He died. And more importantly, He defeated the grave. Through victory over death, He has declared repentance and forgiveness of sins. This, my friends, is the Easter message. We are free. We can now move forward with the ideal of loving our brothers and our sisters without any baggage of fear. In our epistle today from 1 John, we see the metaphor of children used in the same way that Jesus had earlier used it in Luke. Where Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. John tells us, and tells the early Christians, that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we are now God's children. And our job, our job, our one job, is to slowly give up those things that separate us from each other. Worldly things. Those things that distract you day in and day out. The writer Claudia Highbaugh expounds on what being children of God really means. She holds that we form a new type of family. No longer are we beholden to what the world tells us we should be. Now we are free. There's that word again. We are free to enter into a new relationship with one another based on the idea that all believers of Christ are family. We are not limited by nationality, ethnic background, wealth or lack thereof. No, we are bound to one another through Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus knew something, and so does John. Little children do not see differences. They see value. They trust implicitly. They love without bounds. And they will do anything for anyone. It's we adults that screw things up. One of my favorite writers, who happens to be a Jesuit, James Martin, writes in the book, The Jesuit's Guide to Almost Everything, Almost, he tells us a story about another Jesuit brother, Rick, who was born without one of his arms. And Rick decided he wanted to be an actor of all things. He quickly realized that through a very negative experience with a casting director, that he wasn't viewed as if he mattered. Maybe not even human. Because he was a little different. He didn't meet their type. So he used that experience to form an acting troupe for individuals who happened to have disabilities. So what motivated this disabled man to make a difference in other people's lives and not be defined by what others saw as different? He realized that God loves us just the way we are. How? Well, I'm going to tell you. I know you asked. I'm going to tell you. Well, once as a boy, he was invited to view a Catholic relic that was on tour. 
It was the arm of St. Francis of Xavier. The arm the living St. Francis had used to bless and to baptize thousands throughout the world. The priests ushered little Rick up to the front next to the glass box or coffin, I guess, in order for him to kiss it and possibly be healed. I guess they wanted him to sprout a new arm. I'm not sure. Rick actually felt relief when nothing happened. His arm did not grow back. Now when he returned home, his little sister was overjoyed. She told him she was so happy that nothing had happened and that his arm had not grown back. And she went on to tell him, it's because I love you just the way you are. Those encouraging words stuck with Rick and gave him the strength as an adult to show Christ's love to others. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. If we, children of God, work together as an extended and connected family in love, we can push past limits that others put on us, the world, your jobs, non-believers. And we will find that by encouraging one another, we can change hearts and we can change minds. We can be beacons of light in a dark, forbidding world. And those who do not yet believe may well see Jesus for the first time through our eyes. They may well see Him through our actions in the world. That we pursue in the confidence that life has defeated death. That we are the beloved children of Easter. And so are they. Amen.